Hi, I'm Lana Freshly, College of Arts and Sciences recruiter. Today, we'll be talking to Will Joyce, mayor of Stillwater and a College of Arts and Sciences grad in screen studies. Welcome to the Pokes Podcast. Let's talk a little bit, why did you choose screen studies or an <laughs> emphasis in film as your major? Well, I mean, you get to go to school and watch movies all day. <laughs> I mean, it's not that hard to, <laughs> to decide that as a major. It, you know, I, for me, I actually came to college as an as a engineering major. So I spent my freshman year in the College of Engineering as a chemical engineering major and took physics and chemistry and all that fun stuff. Um, that was my plan when I came to OSU, uh, was to be an engineer and fairly quickly that year, um, you know, doing a couple plant visits and talking to people who really did chemical engineering as a career, I thought, no, that's not for me. <laughs> not, uh, not really what I want to do. So I took a, my first semester, my sophomore year, took a bunch of stuff in history and political science and English and uh, kind of all over the place, uh, mostly in arts and sciences, and had a great intro to lit class where part of that curriculum was watching and studying a movie as film, which you know, I hadn't really ever considered before, but uh, we watched Pulp Fiction and wrote papers and had discussions about Pulp Fiction as literature, and uh, man, I was hooked. It's a great movie, and we had a lot of fun doing it, and you know, it really, to me, film was really popular literature. I mean, that's the stuff we share, right, as a culture. Um, you know, we've more of us have seen the same movies than have read the same books, um, and so you know it was kind of that common um, cultural language uh, around film, um, whether it was popular film or you know the the art house stuff or uh, old movies that sort of thing. So it really interested me from that perspective is that it just was it was really a common um, literature uh, and language of of you know, everybody I hung out with and studying it on that level was, was really interesting. That's awesome. And you said something that we have a lot of incoming freshmen that come in and choose a major like you yep. yourself did. And then they, the cool thing about OSU is you get to explore different classes. Mm -hmm. So you were lucky enough to find a literature class that um, you were interested in and that sparked your interest. So that's so cool that you were able to find a path that really suited you. Speaking of courses, what courses did you take outside of your major, so outside of English, that you were really interested in? Well, one of the things that really uh, attracted me to the English major was the ability to take outside of major courses, right? There weren't, you know, you had the core curriculum, but there were a lot of opportunities to sort of get out and see other things. So, man, I took classes all over campus. I had a, I, I think the class was called History of Social Thought uh, in the History Department. That was amazing. Um, we studied country music and labor unions, and I mean, it was just, it was a really, really interesting class. I took some political science. I was pre-law, or at least I was planning to go to law school. I didn't have any sort of declared pre-law option, but uh, I took some, some classes in political science and like a constitutional law class and some stuff like that. I took international beverage education, <laughs> the wine tasting class over at HRAD, um, which was great. Um, was a really, I mean, you know, it's one of those classes I think a lot of people sign up for just thinking, oh, I get to drink wine, but it was really a, an academic study. And I'm sure you still use those skills. I do. I actually still have the book. <laughs> I, the Grossman's Guide to Beer, Wine, and Spirits is on my shelf, and I actually look it up, look up stuff in there every once in a while just about like wine regions and you know, how they make whiskey, and it's, it's really interesting stuff. So, 
I think the funniest, or not funniest, but most interesting class that I took at OSU, my wife and I were, my now wife and I were dating at the time, actually got engaged uh, our junior year, and uh, we took premarital enrichment. It was a marriage, pre-marriage class that we took over, I guess in human sciences, uh, as a class together, it was great. You talked a little bit about pre-law, and we've really came a long way with how we prepare our students for professional schools now. Mm -hmm. So now we have the pre-law options, and we actually have a really cool office in over in the student union, and it's specifically for our students that are going on to law school and medical school. So students can go in there, they can get some advising, mm -hmm. maybe do mock interviews. So I'm so glad that we've taken that and then stepped it up from here. So that's something that's really important to us as a university. Yeah, I think that's really helpful. And and there was, you know, there was some pre-law, there was some pre-law advising uh, when I was here, and and actually, I remember going in. I think Keely James is still uh, here doing pre-law advising. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, but I remember going in and, and telling her I was worried because I had gotten uh, my first B in a class in the English department, and uh, I was worried about what it was going to do, you know, to my law school admissions uh, profile and. She said, no, I, I wouldn't worry too much about the B. They're, they're planning on giving you your first C, so they'll, they'll, they won't worry too much about that. So, uh, yeah, it's a really helpful, um, I think, program and, and just being able to, you know, I remember interacting with folks who had gone on to law school from OSU and, and uh, just talking with, with Keely and her folks, kind of getting you ready for what to expect and the testing and all that sort of thing. It's, it's, and, and I know it has expanded a lot since then, which is, which is a great thing. Yeah, and so that brings up an interesting point about expectations. Um, tell me something that surprised you about English screen studies as your major. Something that surprised me. Well, I think, I don't know if it surprised, well, I guess it surprised me. It certainly surprised um, my roommates. I mean, it was, a, <laughs> it, it was a much more rigorous program than I think, you know, you kind of get into it going, I'm going to watch movies all the time, and I, you know, I. I talk about it like that now, but it was a it was a very rigorous program. I mean, it was, um, I did watch movies, but I also did research and, you know, wrote extensively uh, about film and, and it wasn't just, you know, watch a movie and talk about what you think. You know, we get into the details of, um, you know, direction and, and, you know, the use of, of light and the use of color and, and you know, I actually took a class on the psychology of film as well and, and you know, screenwriting and, you know, it's a, there's a lot of depth to to that degree and um, you know from my standpoint the preparation I got in critical analysis and writing and finding you know watching a film figuring out a viewpoint you know that that I wanted to take from it and then being able to to describe that and argue my my thesis um, was an incredible value to me going to law school and then even what I do now yeah. And that's really interesting that you were able to do research. I know um, I've talked to you a little bit about this before. Mm -hmm. And not a lot of students that are studying the humanities know about the research opportunities. Yeah. But it's such an underserved population of students that aren't doing that. And mm -hmm. it's such a great opportunity, right? So tell me a little bit about your research that you conducted while you were here. So I was fortunate enough to receive a, a Wentz undergraduate research grant um, with the strong help of the English department. Dr. Mayer in, in the English department was a was a really uh, big champion for for getting more English students and, and humanities students those kinds of research grants as undergrads, and had the opportunity to do that. Made a you know had to put a proposal together and do some preliminary research. My project was on the portrayal of presidents in film, 
uh, sort of a combination of political science and, and film, uh, actually ended up sort of focusing that down just on Lincoln and Nixon as the kind of good and evil uh, personifications and certainly the two presidents that probably have the most individual sort of screen time in American film and had the opportunity to travel to New York and, and go to the Museum of Modern Art and, and dig into the D.W. Griffith archive there, specifically related to his Lincoln film, which was, was one of the sort of the first presidential portrayals. And this was early, early film. And so just dove really deep into the, the sort of history of a lot of films and you know their, their personification of presidents. And it was, a, it was a really incredible experience for me because again, it, it took sort of what I was doing beyond just a you know, a, a seminar paper or, you know, it, it gave me the experience of, of, you know, one, being able to, to see all of this, this history and, and the background of, of all these films, um, but to really have to try to find a point, you know, find a, something interesting to say about all this and, and something that, that we could take from, you know, what we see in the sort of good and evil of, of presidents in film and, and argue, you know, why it was important. Um, on a on a large scale, so it, it was uh, incredibly valuable. I think I think every undergrad should have a, a chance to do some level of research like that, uh, and certainly the Wentz program here at OSU has, has been a you know a huge value for for lots of students. Yeah, and we really try to find more opportunities for students to do research. So just last year, we added we ha previously had 15 slots for freshman research, and we're now up to 50. Wow. So that's a huge opportunity for students, especially as a research institution. We want students to come in and start doing their research early so they can be become familiar with the process, mm -hmm. start finding a mentor, and really get engaged with that process. So Yeah, and I think I think it's probably pretty important uh, for those students. I mean, I think sometimes we look at academic research and you go, well, you, you know, if you're going to do that, it's because you want to be a professor or you want to get into academic research as a career uh, at some level. But I, it's so much more than that. I mean, I, I was not, I didn't pursue that as, you know, thinking, okay, I'll, maybe I'm going to be a professor. I mean, academic research has that, for undergraduate students, has so, so much bigger of an application and so much, you get much uh, much more of, a, of an experience, you know, being able to do that, even if that's not what you're planning to pursue as a career. Yeah, it teaches you critical thinking, mm -hmm. um, so much outside of just research, like mm -hmm. you said. Speaking of skill sets, um, I know you went on to law school, so tell me a little bit about the skills and preparation that you gained within your degree that led you to law school and helped prepare you for that. The English degree, uh, especially um, because you know I, I wasn't I had an emphasis in film, but I took all kinds of other you know traditional literature classes as well, and read a ton of, of books. Right, just read a lot of books, which is great preparation for law school, which includes <laughs> reading a lot of books, uh, and and really close reading a lot of, of books. You know, in in law school, you know from day one you're reading hundred year old, two hundred year old you know Supreme Court cases and trying to figure out what's going on, what, what was important to the court, what did the court decide, you know, and what, what's the implication of all that. And, and having uh, an English degree and having the experience, both in books and, and movies, really, of focusing on diving you know, sort of below the surface of, uh, of a book or of a story or, or of a narrative and, and finding those critical pieces of, oh, this is why, you know, when the director made this choice early in the movie to set this thing up later, right? I mean, that kind of critical analysis of a, of a narrative uh, was, was tremendously valuable for me in, in law school because those are the same sorts of skills that, that you're, you're learning there. And I think students who, 
um, you know, there were students at, at my law school that came from the sciences or came from other, other backgrounds. Um, and I think they had a little bit more of a ramp up period in that kind of close reading of a text, uh, whereas I, I was able to sort of jump in right away. That's awesome. And the cool thing about what you were saying is you learned a lot about forward thinking, thinking ahead of things, really digging into context. And really, we need that for all kinds of jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So we need that for um, whether you're working in a business office or if you're a CEO of a company. I mean, and everywhere in between, I mean, we need that forward thinking and the ability to think beyond what we're just given and use our critical thinking skills to really think about something. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I see a lot in my, my day job now when uh, I spend a lot of time recruiting and hiring um, for, for a technology company, which is not at all related to, <laughs> to what I did here. But, you know, one of the things I think I, I see that I wish more, you know, students coming out of school had were, were some of those sort of deeper critical thinking, deeper critical analysis kind of skills where, you know, it, it seems, you know, this kind of goes back to the research question too, but it's so easy now for us to, to jump on the internet and, and find an answer pretty quickly. Uh, and you know, for the most part, you can find a pretty good answer pretty quickly, right? I mean, you don't have to do a lot to go figure out, you know, what did the Supreme Court say about this case or whatever. But I think it's also sort of atrophied our ability to really dig a little deeper, right? We're so used to being able to go find something quickly and easily now that when you do need to take a step back or you do need to dig, uh, a little deeper into an issue, um, we're not quite as well practiced in that area, and so uh, you know skill sets like those coming out of a, an arts program or a science or a, uh, an English program, um, and having that research ability where you're you're not just kind of trying to find an answer, but you're really trying to dig below the surface, uh, is incredibly valuable in you know technology consulting, in you know legal practice, in uh, whatever it is that, that you know you'd end up doing after college. Yeah, and you get to learn, for me, I really learned in undergrad and in my master's, the opportunity to reach beyond and use your resources. Mm -hmm. And so not only doing a one quick Google search, but maybe I know an expert, or maybe I know somebody that knows more about a topic and I can check in with them, because that can lead to great conversations or just um, additional knowledge that you didn't think about, that yeah. you can't find just with a quick Google yeah. search. So I think that's one of the great things about college, too, is you get to have those interactions with people, professors, faculty members, um, other resources on campus that we can really utilize. Absolutely. So I know that you went to law school in Missouri for a while uh -huh. and you hung out there. Yep. So tell me a little bit what brought you back to Stillwater. Wow. Um, this is like a four hour long podcast. Loaded right? question, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when when we went to St. Louis originally, the plan was always sort of to come back, right? We, we wanted to get away for a while, but we always wanted, my wife and I wanted to come back to, to Oklahoma, if not Stillwater necessarily, if we wanted to come back. But we, we really ended up loving St. Louis, and you know, uh, it's a lot easier to find a big corporate legal job in St. Louis than it was in Oklahoma, um, and, and had a great opportunity there. And so we ended up staying for, for 10 total years in the St. Louis area. And so I, I spent probably the last two and a half years of that looking for a job here, uh, trying to find uh, a way to come back home. You know, we were sort of um, ready to, to be back uh, as we had kind of originally planned to be. And it was it was a, a bit difficult, you know. Certainly, coming to Stillwater um, as a as a legal professional, you know, trying to find something that that kind of fit my skill set and and made sense for me um, as a career, 
uh, took me a while. So I actually ended up coming back uh, originally to take a job at the university in the school of business um, over in the, the Riata Center for Entrepreneurship because I had spent quite a bit of my time as a lawyer with businesses, small businesses, family-owned businesses, that sort of thing. Um, and they had student incubators on campus for students who, who were starting businesses. So I uh, came back to work there, uh, was, here for, was there for a year here at the university, uh, and then moved over to where I am now at Interworks, which is a, a local company owned by a, an old, really, a, someone, Befar Jahanjahi, who I've known since we were kids. Um, and I discovered he had a really cool business here in town. I didn't, I didn't know that until I came back. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great being back and really fortuitous to find something that, that was a great fit for me. That's awesome. And, you know, you said something that I, I really want our audience to know about, especially our prospective students, is you don't have to choose one major to find the path that fits you, right? Mm -hmm. So you probably never envisioned yourself working at a technology company. Nope. <laughs> but it's funny how your soft skill sets and really can help lead you to a job that you might really enjoy. It just may not mm -hmm. be in an industry that you were thinking. Yeah, I, you know, I talked to to students every once in a while or, or you know younger folks that, uh, that I know that are going on to college that sort of thing and and my one piece of advice is always you know don't don't think you know what you want to do just yet don't don't pigeonhole yourself too much a degree that that keeps your options open that gives you a broader skill set something that you know you can apply in different places because you, you don't know you know where that's going to be applicable you don't know what your what kind of a job you might find that um, you know, at a tech company who needs a, a lawyer or a tech company who needs a, uh, someone with critical reading and writing skills. Um, th there's just a lot out there that I think we as people, the, the, the more diversity we bring in our background, the more opportunity we create for ourselves. And so, um, you know, that, that was, I think, one of the, the great things about my education here at OSU was that I was, I was really able to see a whole lot of stuff. I studied science while I was here. I studied politics and, and history and English and film and psychology and you know wine so it um, it really gave me a, a, a strong foundation for a number of different opportunities yeah and I'm glad you said that about you taking classes outside of your major research actually shows that one of the number one indicators for someone making over six figures a year is the fact that they took classes outside of their major. Really? Yeah, just because, think about it, you know, mm -hmm. you you see things differently because you've had so many different experiences to relate it to. Yeah. So maybe that means you translate something or your interpretation of it's gonna be a little bit different. And that can bring a lot to a team mm -hmm. or to a workforce, wherever you're working. So that's great that you were able to do that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I didn't know that, but it doesn't surprise me. I mean, just just from again my experience and and dealing with people that I deal with now, you know, bringing bringing younger folks in uh, to interview and that sort of thing, we do look for that that sort of a skill set, right? People who have seen different things and done different things and and can bring a different perspective to a problem. And I think you know, educationally, sometimes, and I've got four little kids now that are going through public schooling, and you know, you sort of look at how that works and. And I do sometimes worry that we we spend too much time trying to specialize, even kids in school, you know, and certainly at the college level, that, you know, you sort of go, okay, well, you're going to be an engineer, or you're going to be, you know, a computer scientist, or you're, you know, whatever it is that that we feel like this is the job you want to have. And you know, starting from sixth grade, you can, I mean, and for some people that that might be, you know, they know exactly what it is, and and they don't waver. But I think for more folks. 
you don't know what that is that early, and, and we need our, our school systems and our educational institutions like OSU to provide those opportunities, and not just provide the opportunities, but to, to push students towards that uh, diversification. So, you know, one of the, uh, to be honest, one of the reasons I, I didn't like the engineering program is that there was a flowchart of the whole four and a half <laughs> years of getting an engineering degree, and I, there were like three electives in the whole, um, in the whole flowchart. Um, and, and I, I wanted to take more than that. You know, I wanted to see more than that. And so I think even our science programs or even the ones that are more dedicated to a specific skill set uh, need to allow students to have more of that diversity in their education. Definitely. So you've recently been reunited with something that you're truly passionate about. Um, you became mayor a couple years ago, is that correct? <laughs> I did. I was elected mayor in Stillwater in April of 2018. Okay. Oh, okay. So, yeah. We're coming on a two-year mark, is Almost, that correct? Almost, yeah. A year and a half. Okay. So, um, tell me a little bit about your involvement with local government, and then what city problem are you hoping to solve during your term? <laughs> That's going to be tough to narrow down. Um, you know, I got involved in city government after we came back. I had done some, when I was practicing law, I had represented uh, clients in front of city governments and municipal issues, zoning and, and that sort of thing uh, in a lot of different municipalities around St. Louis. So I'd kind of seen it. And when I got back, you know, my wife and I, like I said, we brought four kids back here. We, you know, we're here for the long haul. We, we um, started kind of looking around at the community and saying there's so much opportunity here. We just sort of seem complacent about it sometimes as a community. I didn't feel like we were being aggressive enough at, at growth and at, at sort of the development of the of the Stillwater community outside the university. The university has been, you know, in the last 10 years that I was gone and even, you know, starting before that, uh, the university has been incredibly forward thinking and raising funds and building facilities and increasing its footprint. And sometimes the city feels like it's just along for the ride um, and not really trying to, to kind of come alongside the university in some ways and, and create an even better, again, kind of going back to that diversification of, of skill sets and kind of creating, you know, more synergy between the two organizations so that Stillwater becomes that much, uh, you know, better of a place to live. So that's kind of what, what uh, drew me to it. Um, it felt like a good fit for my skill set. Again, kind of having done a lot of different things, having been in the legal field, having done some conflict mediation work, having been in nonprofit management for a while, it all sort of um, seemed to fit pretty well in this kind of a role. And so, yeah, went, I went originally back in 2016, was elected to the city council and served uh, there for two years before I ran for mayor. So it's been a, a little more than three and a half years trying to help Stillwater uh, get where it needs to be. So when you ask about one problem, um, I think the biggest thing is for me is just getting Stillwater, the Stillwater community more aggressive about pushing Stillwater forward, right? I, I feel like Stillwater has, for a long time, just sort of ridden along with the university. The university has been investing, the university has been growing, and that's all fantastic, but it allows the city to just sort of sit sometimes. And so we need the, the city of Stillwater, the community of Stillwater, to, to be more proactive in, in the, the growth and the, the development of our, of our city. And change is hard, so I know that's hard for our community, but we're very fortunate to have you as a change maker and a positive change maker at that. So thank you so much for being willing to step up to the plate and go to bat for all of us Stillwater community members. So um, one question I have is tell me a little bit about an achievement that you're most proud of. I think um, 
I think just kind of getting involved in, in the city politics and, and city government was a difficult decision for me. Um, there's a lot that kind of went into that, having a family, having a job, you know, because city, city government's a, a volunteer sort of a role. And um, I'm, you know, naturally an introvert, not really somebody who, who wants to be out there in front all the time. I manage okay, I suppose, uh, doing that kind of stuff, but it's a, uh, it's a bit of a drain on me to be, um, you know, out in, uh, in public and, you know, going to, to things and talking to lots of new people. Um, so I think uh, just kind of getting to the point where, where I felt like, you know, this is really something where I feel I, I can help and uh, where I, I can provide a, a service to my community. Um, but, you know, the idea of campaigning for something and, and kind of putting yourself out there in that way is, is fairly daunting and honestly not something I'm still that excited about. <laughs> uh, so I, I think just the, the accomplishment of, of kind of working with my wife and my family and and personally sort of working to the point of saying, you know, I think this is a good a thing for me to do and, and figuring out a way to make it work for our family. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I think that's it's gone well uh, for the time that we've been doing it. And I think we, we have been able to, to make some progress and looking forward to the next two and a half years of this term to uh, continue to, to see that growth. Awesome, and we're looking forward to the growth as well. What advice do you have for incoming students? Well, we've talked about it a little bit already. I, I think my, my biggest piece of advice is, is don't make up your mind too early, right? Or don't, don't think you have to make up your mind too early. Um, get, uh, get as much experience as you can. You know, uh, take, take the different kinds of classes. You know, go flip through the, the course catalog, or I guess we don't really flip through course catalogs anymore. Scroll through now. <laughs> yeah, scroll through the, uh, the catalog online. Um, and, you know, find something that sounds interesting and take it as a class. I mean, it, it, you know, there's all kinds of incredible courses out there at the university that, you know, sometimes you think they're, maybe it just sounds like a blow-off class or something like that where you can go, you know, spend some time goofing around. But, you know, if you find something that's interesting and you really do invest some, some time and energy into to that class, I think you, you know, you find some really, some really great uh, benefits from it. So don't make up your mind too early. Take as much as you can. And, and I think the other thing would be to get involved in, service activities, in clubs, both on campus and off, right? If you can find a way to connect in the Stillwater community, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, uh, go to Our Daily Bread, the food, the food Resource Center, find something off campus, just maybe, I mean, just one thing a year, right, where you're going to get off campus and you're going to get involved in the community here in Stillwater because, uh, again, it just, it broadens your education that much more, right? The campus can be a bubble. You know, you can kind of get involved and, and never kind of get yourself outside of it. But there is a whole different world, you know, once you cross Dock or, or get south of 6th Street or, uh, you know, here in Stillwater. So, you know, take at least a couple opportunities while you're here to, to see the town and to get involved in something that's happening here. Um, and I think that'll really enhance both your educational experience and just your, you know, your knowledge of yourself and what you actually do want to do for the rest of your life. And we have so many great opportunities for our students on campus. So we have over 500 clubs and organizations mm -hmm. for students to get involved in. And that can be everything from major specific to maybe sports and clubs outside of that. Um, and on top of that, you were talking a little bit about trying different courses. It's really easy within the College of Arts and Sciences to either do a double major or to add on a minor. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really popular. So maybe you try out a history course and you're like, oh, I really like this. 
and you can check it out to see how many hours it takes. Maybe it's only 15 to 18 extra hours. Yeah. So you can actually utilize your extra electives and commit that to a minor. So you can really start to dig deep into a different department and maybe expand your skill sets, kind of like what you were saying. So yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of great opportunities. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And we really appreciate your time. And thank you so much for being our awesome mayor of Stillwater, <laughs> Oklahoma. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Lana. Thank you for tuning in today to the Pokes Podcast. For more information about other successful alumni, visit cass.okstate.edu slash succeed. We'll end our podcast by asking Will Joyce how the arts and sciences make the world a better place. I think the arts and sciences just expand our, our understanding of the world around us. In arts and sciences, you get such a broad, you can get such a broad view of the world in the way different people, you know, see things and, you know, studying different culture and, and seeing um, even the change in our own culture over time, uh, it gives you just such a, a broad perspective on the world. Um, you know, I, th I think that's, that's a positive thing for everybody. The more we understand each other, the better we understand uh, our neighbors and the more, you know, we're willing to kind of dive into what makes them tick and, and what they're interested in and what movies they like and why we all like the same movies or whatever it is, you know, along those lines, I think that's a, a positive thing. I would certainly encourage um, anyone to, to, whether you're, you know, an arts and sciences major or not, to, to be involved in, in arts and sciences and, and take those classes so you can, you know, gain that broader understanding of the world around you. Mm -hmm.